Fortress. It's a shorthanded goal for Riley Smith. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights get the puck out of the zone. Here's Stone, lead Stevenson coming in. Down the middle, he gets a backhander off, and it's in! Chandler Stevenson! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. One-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League coming up. Uh, we've got some uh, little tidbits to tell you about, some lineups in the NHL. We'll also dive into a little bit more in depth the Vancouver Canucks situation. It, it wasn't pretty a couple of days ago, and there's some fallout from how it went down uh, with the Vancouver Canucks, uh, and apparently uh, it got out before some of the people that were let go. Uh, knew about it. So uh, we'll just fill you in on the backstory there. And two debuts for coaches last night. One Bruce Boudreau, the other one Mike Yo, and they went uh, down in very different fashion. So that's coming up in just a little bit in hour number two, the BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Darren Millard, along with Ryan Wallace, will also uh, get into uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and what happened today at practice. And it was a big group on the ice at uh, City National Arena. Haven't haven't been used to that for for a practice. We've seen some numbers at times mm-hmm. fluctuate for a pregame skate, but a full on practice, it was it was go time. It's weird, I, I think, for the Golden Knights to to kind of be in this position because it, it really has been since about game number two, the the first time that the Golden Knights have looked like the Golden Knights or what we expected this team to look like out of training camp. And, you know, I think for the coaching staff, it's going to be important to to get those opportunities and use them as best they can to to work on some stuff at with, with the group and, and get some drills done. And, you know, for the Golden Knights, every practice you have where you're able to get, uh, get some, some, some good work done, mm-hmm. the better. It wasn't brought up in the media availability with Coach Pete DeBoer, but Max Pacioretty wasn't on the ice. I assume that's a, a maintenance uh, issue. We hope so. Uh, and uh, at the very least, uh, he'll just be ready for, for tomorrow mm-hmm. night. So we'll wait and see on that front. Uh, but uh, you also had Nolan Patrick continuing to skate in the red non-contact jersey. He was doing some special teams work, I think in the place of Max, actually, mm-hmm. uh, slotting in there. But they, they got a lot of uh, lot of work done, uh, especially on the on the exits, which were as clean as ever mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday night against the Calgary Flames. And just uh, finding tune, uh, maybe uh, not quite there yet, but uh, still building the structure and fine-tuning and tightening things up. Yeah, I mean, I I think when you have a game like the Golden Knights played against Calgary Flames, now it's just about kind of reinforcing those habits, mm-hmm. right? Because you have the ability to show that if you do it in the game, it'll work. And and I know the Golden Knights trust in their system. I know they trust in in how they need to play the game. But yet you come off of a massive win against the the leading team in the Pacific Division, and you do it playing to your identity. That's a great thing. Now it's just about reinforcing it and making sure that everybody that's back into the lineup knows what their assignments are, where they need to be, and how they need to play. Uh, Sam and Ash, uh, SamandAshLaw.com. Uh, we were just uh, we just chatted with Ash. So if you go to Sam and Ash Law on Twitter, you can uh, enter to win a, a couple of uh, tickets to tomorrow night's game against the Dallas Stars, and we have tickets for the game on Sunday mm-hmm. against the Minnesota Wild coming up in just a little bit. So your opportunity to go and see the Vegas Golden Knights at T-Mobile Arena, where they are rolling right now, uh, almost everywhere, uh, with uh, a record of 7-2 and two in their last nine. Uh, 
It's for tomorrow night and Sam and Ash Law on Twitter or uh, stay with us in the BGK Insider Show. Uh, an opportunity to go to Sunday's game against the Wild in just a little bit. Uh, I want to tell you right now that uh, VGK fans say you should listen up to win the Insider's Ultimate Holiday Tailgate Hookup. Ooh, that's fun. Uh, brought to you by Porta Subs. Keep on listening to be caller number nine to get hooked up with a two-foot sub from Porta Subs that will instantly get you in to win the grand prize. So you get a sub, and that gets you in to win the grand prize. The Insider's Ultimate Holiday Tailgate Prize Package, which includes a charcoal grill, pop-up canopy, two camping chairs, a cooler, and a Bluetooth speaker. It's like it's so big, this prize pack. <laughs> That, that you can use some of it as Christmas gifts, too. You could. You, you could do that. Uh, and you can also win a six-foot sub provided by Porta Subs. Uh, that's part of the ultimate holiday tailgate hookup, and you can qualify if you're caller number 9 to 702-876-1340. I can tell you the sub's not going to make it to Christmas. No. But everything else. Nor should it. Yeah. yeah come on. I can put one back by myself. Now, I'm hungry you, these if days. You, if you win the sub. Yeah. Do you cut it up into, like, uh, a bunch of six-inch subs, mm-hmm. foot-long subs? H- how do you do it? Uh, usually, uh, it's kind of like on a platter, yeah. and they're cut into, like, three-inch individual so, like little subs. It'd be really cool if you just, like, left it out there, the I mean, six-foot like, version. Yeah, it would be. The problem is, how are you going to transport it to where it needs to go? Yeah, and you need a pickup, like yours. It's not going to... It's not going to be long enough. Pick up. Uh, we uh, we did see that big group of players today. Uh, Pete DeBoer talked about that. Uh, Dylan Coughlin we also met with the media today, mm-hmm. uh, and and he's he looks comfortable, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I mean he looked great against Arizona. He looked mm-hmm. really really good against the Calgary Flames. And you know I I know that you hone in on the play where he he hits a rut and loses his balance, but the the hustle and the the awareness to get back and no, make that's the, the save. that's the play like make the play like that's the one that you that you hone in on and should focus on, not the fact that he fell. And for me, like Dylan Coglin paired up. Nobody with was saying that they were honing in on the fall. No. Okay. Good. No, I'm ho- I mean, I was honing in on the fact that he got back into the play and made it happen. Did you hear what like, he said today uh, about that? I heard what you asked him. Well, I, I heard said, what he said. I, yeah. I just said asked him about. Uh, communication with Leonard. Yeah. Like, do you guys have a chuckle? Because you pulled the puck right off the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he was thinking more about the, the rut. Yeah, and he said, no, no, <laughs> Leonard was just asking me, was it in, was it in, was it in? Yeah. yeah. I said, no, because it was toe and then post and then, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then pulled it out. But no, I'm with you. I, the, 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 the hustle and the determination to yeah. stay in the play For sure. and not let somebody else get back. And just rely on somebody else to get back uh, was pretty cool. Yeah, and I think I think that's kind of been the the big thing for me with Coglin in in how he's approached his game since coming back into the lineup. I think that there's less of a less deferment, if you will, in his own zone. He's looking to make plays himself. He's got Braden McNabb there, and you know that you can work interchangeably with him. But you know, for me, especially that shift that he had against Phil Kessel in in Arizona, and and how many defensive plays that he made, and mm-hmm. then after blocking a shot, chipping the puck off the boards, getting it to a safe spot that that leads to Evgeny Dodonov's goal. Like, I, I think Coglin in his own zone is starting to really get comfortable and feel his game there, and that's important for the Golden Knights. He's part of the depth that has stepped up. Uh, still waiting for Alec Martinez to get into the lineup, but the forward core uh, is getting close to 100%. And Pete DeBoer was talked uh, asked today uh, about... Uh, the depth and how critical it is. Um, yeah, I mean, that depth for us is uh, is critical, and that's what we've been looking for. Um, 
you know, as you go through playoff, uh, different playoff experiences, you realize that, you know, a lot of times it's the depth guys that end up being the difference in the games, you know, and I keep pointing back, but, you know, Tampa's fourth line last year, you know, in the playoffs, I think their third and fourth line scored their last three or four goals, uh, you know, of the playoffs. So, um, you know, that's what we're looking for. Uh, I think when you have depth, it's twofold. When you, when you have depth, um, you can create mismatches like we did the other night where Nick Waugh's line, you know, can be the difference in a game. But it also allows you, when you have injuries to your top six, to, to pop guys in there that can actually survive and, and, and thrive a little bit uh, in those roles. You're not sticking a, you know, a round peg in a square hole, so to speak. They can do that for, for short periods. And I think Nick showed that. I mean, I, think, I thought he was great the first 10 games. I thought the, the next 10 games he kind of dried up a little bit, and now he's back in a, in a spot that, that fits him. And did he have some chemistry with mm-hmm. Matthias Janmark and Evgeny Dodonov? Uh, I was watching some of the practice today focused on Dodonov in particular and and that setup. He, when he gets really comfortable mm-hmm. in that bumper spot in the power play with the regular power play unit that he's going to work with, he, he, your mind's going to be blown. Mm-hmm. Because the plays that he sees, that he makes, and the quick outs uh, to the perimeter uh, from that bumper spot, which is right between the circles, between the uh, depth-wise, between the blue line and the hash marks and between the circles, he, it's a special player, and you have to have like really outside-the-box vision mm-hmm. uh, to be able to play there. And it's he, he's got it, man. I Outside the box creativity too, and, and yeah. I think that that's something that yeah, the more I watch the Donov, the more I, I have a, an appreciation for some of the things that he tries, some of the plays that he he looks for, that he makes, that that you know, in the moment, don't reveal themselves mm-hmm. to you until the puck's on someone's tape and they've got a great chance or a great look. And you know, I I I think that the comfort is is certainly getting there for him. Uh, the fact that that line went and went so well with with Wah and Yanmark, I think, is is an important thing for the Golden Knights. And if they can continue to build on that, and you've got the confidence that Nick Wah has right now in his game, that line can be an absolute force for the Golden Knights. It, just being able to watch things over and over the way they did in practice today, and be able to. Uh, appreciate and focus like normally in a game, you're watching the puck and you're, you're watching how it's spread around today. You can kind of put the ISO uh, camera and focus on, on Dodonov. And wow. I, I don't know how, how he does it. I, I can't wait for the. I'm so much looking for a forward to a power play tomorrow night mm-hmm. to be able to watch uh, these wrinkles that they've uh, been putting in since uh, the, the top players have been. And there's one more power play guy coming in Martinez. Mm-hmm. And then there's another guy coming uh, in let's say early February ish or in and around there Yeah, in Jack Eichel uh, and, and skill level. But the, what you're seeing now with uh, the Patriot and the stone and everybody together is, is pretty impressive. And that the Donov acquisition and placing in that bumper spot is, is going to be uh, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I I'm with you. I, I think, you know, the Golden Knights on the power play have, have looked much better of late. Uh, you get some confidence. You get some power play goals. 
Max Pacioretty. You know his shot. You know how good he can be there. Um, and, you know, I, I've liked the fact that the Golden Knights have been able to get pucks to Dodonov in that bumper spot. Like, mm-hmm. that has been kind of an issue, right? Like, you yeah. just you didn't have the players to get the puck into the middle of the ice and allow Dodonov to either get a quick shot or pull defenders away from where you're trying to go. So the fact that the Golden Knights are able to get that penetration now on the power play is only going to open up more things. Because you have to be able to read plays so much yeah. in, in that bumper spot. Uh, for one, the passes are three to four feet in in distance to be able to get it. You have to put yourself in a spot to get it, uh, but you can't hold on to the puck mm-hmm. at all. No. Uh, at times, you can slide it or, or tip it, uh, to another player, but it's got to be get it and either go to the point, go to the side, go down low. Uh, but you're very rarely going to get an opportunity to just take it and shoot it mm. unless you really uh, uh, slide towards the goal. So that distribution aspect and being able to, it's almost like a, uh, you know, when Google would go, Google Earth would go out with that camera and, and, and take a picture of the street, but it was mm-hmm. like the 360 degree sure. uh, uh, picture that's that's what in the bumper spot you almost have that have to have that type of vision to be able to see uh, am, am i going to to the point to uh to the the theodore am i going uh over to patcheretti on the flank am i going down low uh to to mark stone uh, and you have to do all of that while not knowing whether or not you're actually going to get the puck and and some of the best plays that i see from the donov in that bumper spot are plays where if he gets from on the on the half wall from patcheretti mm-hmm. And he just sends it right back out to Pacioretty. Yeah. But everybody's come back, uh, and they're and they're so worried about Dodonov. And it's just this like quick little uh, catch game of catch that they have, and and it happens so fast. But it's difficult because he has to position himself in in a spot where there's a lane to get the puck to him. And you see around the league how many when it works, mm-hmm. you wonder why doesn't everybody do that, but not. Not nearly uh, enough teams do it to make you think that it's normal to be able to accomplish that. Who has a better processor, Evgeny Dodonov or Google Earth? Oh, well, Google Earth is has all the technology. But as far as the processor yeah, and, and the happening question. in real time, like Google Earth doesn't have a six foot four defenseman coming up with a stick in his hand ready to to hammer you or or push you down. The answer it, to this is a layup. Come on. Yeah, it's it's the Donov, the the, right. the quicker processor. Now, yeah. now more storage, it's Google <laughs> Earth. I don't care about storage. I just want the the fast processor right now. You ever now. see one of those Google Earth cars going around? Uh, a couple times. Yeah. It's weird. Tell me the honest honest answer to this. Okay. You ever th- Think about just getting out of your vehicle and walking down the street and and being in the picture. No, not at any point in time. I, I know. Have, Cha- for I know. Sure. I, I'm not shocked by that, and I can imagine where Chapman's going to go. You could you could live forever on on the. I don't want to live internet. forever on the internet. I, I'm very I'm, much against that. I'm I'm with Ryan on this one, not for the same reason, but because you've thought of it. I have no no no. I I <laughs> you've thought of it. It's it's crossed my mind. However, yeah. I always th- think to myself, well, they just kind of blur you out anyway so nobody's gonna know that it's chris chapman or darren millard i mean you're gonna know 
But yeah. will your friends believe you? Probably not. They're going to be like, eh, anyone well, could have been wearing that gray Golden Knights sweatshirt well, that you've got on. Yeah, but there's only a few people that are going to be wearing that Sweden jacket that you have. That's with pink true. flamingo uh, socks. That, so like, that, yeah. that is true. There How, are a lot of very unique qualifiers that you have that people would actually believe it's yeah, you in the ta- picture. Taco shoes. Yes, yeah, 100%. How, however, yeah. I, I will say there have been multiple occasions where I have actually considered donating the Sweden jacket to a player who's asked me for it. Oh, who's asked you for it? I think Ryan knows. I can. I mean, I can imagine. I suppose. Who asked you for the jacket? William Carlson's asked me if I if I would give him the jacket. Uh, I'm gonna have that's, to. I'm that's gonna, probably because I'm he doesn't want you wearing yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> because well, it's insulting and disrespectful it's, it's that not, you're it's, watching, you know what? wearing it. I wore it in Stockholm, and I had more people come up and give me high fives, telling me it was such a cool thing to have an American wear that jacket. They were. They were. They thought it was cool. They liked it. Are you sure it's not like the <laughs> no the, you, the theory where they're really making fun of you? No, but no, you don't but know. You, it. you know who were did, they sarcastic? High no, fives? they were they were cool. Like like they were. I, you know who did make fun of me and who did not like it? He's not Swedish, but he was born in Finland. Eric Holla did not like that jacket, mm. and he let me know. Good. Yeah, not a fan. Uh, I, I would uh, love to witness the presentation of your Swedish jacket. Well, I got uh, to get something else. I got to get something out of Carlson. it. Like if I'm going to make the trade, if I'm going, I've got to get something good out of it. Uh, okay, let's let's uh, let's size this deal up. Yeah, we'll, we, we, we'll, we we'll could work on and, it. We'll try yes. and make a. Uh, I'll, I'll get it dry clean for William and everything. Well, like that kind of goes without okay. saying. Well, yeah. In this environment <laughs> of the world right now, I, I know, I know you don't get it. Because you're you're not seeing this reaction in real time, but there was a look of disgust on your face that I've never seen before, Mine? Darren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was well done. I uh, sometimes I think that he just says things to say things. Oh no, I think he says things to kind of get a rise out of you. Hmm. Yeah, no, uh, Ryan has working. witnessed William Carlson like compliment that jacket multiple. I times. I mean, I've witnessed him say things about the jacket multiple times. And I again, don't know. Again. I don't know whether he's being serious no, about no. complimenting well, you or whether he's making fun of you. Listen, Wild Bill can still to this day thank me for scoring his very first that, hat trick in the just NHL. Just because you oh, call boy. him Wild Bill also doesn't mean that. It it makes it. I actually came across I came across the interview the other day on my because my wife wanted to see my YouTube. Yes, (laughs) Chris Chapman talks to my 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 wife did not believe me that I had I had videos up on YouTube and I showed her the video and. No, no, no! Don't you can't start that by saying you came across it okay. when you well, searched I, it. I searched it for my wife, so yeah, yeah. I, I came across it. Yes. <laughs> no, you didn't stumble across it. <laughs> Someone wanted to see it, and in that interview, I, you I, I, sought it out. It's fine. Uh, like just okay. say I well, sought fine. out I, my, I, my interview. I sought out the interview yeah, with William Carlson so I could show Mrs. Chapman my my. And inter- was she impressed? She was. She said. She said, "Wow, you guys talk like your friends." I said, "Well, I don't know if we're friends, but I think he likes me." And did she say you look I mean, much if you better were, without the beard? Yes, she did. If yeah. you if you guys were friends, you just give him the jacket. Well, that's you wouldn't what, be looking to get something I, out of it. I, I would say William Carlson is a guy that I cover. I would not say he's my friend. Um, Pacioretty, <laughs> he's my friend. <laughs> when we're talking on TV, uh, he he's got something like he just looks so good right now. Yeah, yeah. He's always a threat to score. Even in, in a in a slump, he would be a threat to score. But don't you think there's a dynamic to him? I think he's been as good, if not better, than he's ever been in his career in the in the first six games of this season. Now, 
his six games, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. he was great game one, and he's picked up right where he left off coming back into the into the lineup. Like he has not shown any sign of being hampered by the injury. His shot has been fantastic all year long, and he's putting the puck in the back of the net at at a great rate. And and one that you know you, you sit back and you think about, okay, well. You know, you had a bold prediction on on Pacioretty coming into this season about about scoring forty goals, and yeah, I had to, I said he had to play a certain yeah, number. Of games, yeah, yeah, right? for sure, for sure. But it starts the way that he's playing, the way that he started this season, the way that he is going right now for the Golden Knights. It it makes you sit back and wonder what could be or what could have been if he didn't miss all that time with an injury. Because I think he's playing at a completely different level. And it's showing, and he's engaged everywhere. It's not just when the puck's on his stick. It's away from the puck. It's getting into the collective headspace of the goaltender, Jake oh, Markstrom. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. it was fantastic. And that was going all game long between those two, Pacioretty and Markstrom. And I love the— You don't think the, about Pacioretty being a net front guy where he would bother a goaltender. No, but, I mean, it was a, it was a couple of plays that kind of bled in, and, and you could sense that every time Pacioretty had an opportunity around the net, he was going to— let Jacob Markstrom know he was right there, and I love the edge that he played that game I against the Flames. Where that came with. from? Like, what, what what started that? Uh, well, I mean, I I think that Patchetti went to the net on a rebound and and thought that there was a puck free, and that no, but, but the hack happened before that. No, 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 no. There was there so there was a play earlier in the game where Patchetti went to the oh. net on on a rebound. Markstrom and Patchetti had a conversation during a media timeout mm-hmm. where. Clearly, Markstrom didn't like it. Pacioretty didn't understand what the problem was because yeah, players loose. never do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, goalie union. And anyway, uh, so then later on, Pacioretty just kind of standing in front of Jacob Markstrom gets the whack, and that then was the late, second period. That right? was that was the second period, and then in the it was in the third period where uh, everything kind of devolved from there with Matthew. And Kuchuk. that was a Markstrom. That was. Kachuk coming in way late. Oh, that was that was Pacioretty going after uh, another rebound, yeah. and then you know Kachuk coming in and all that. But like I I love the edge because against the Calgary Flames team that likes to be physical and and, and is pretty heavy, you want to try to get any edge you can. And and I thought Pacioretty played a masterful game um, in the psychology of hockey and the psychology of trying to knock a goalie off of his game. Now you talk about and reference the significance of this hot streak that he's on mm-hmm. with the six goals in the seven games. And compared to his career. Yeah. And that that says something because he's like a money-in-the-bank 30-goal guy and is is on pace right now for one of those crazy seasons in a goals per game. One of the best seasons, the best season of his career yep. in, in a goals per game uh, category. But his shooting percentage right now isn't, isn't that far off like a normal good season. Mm-hmm. What, his his best shooting percentage season uh, of all time has been 14 and a half. Yeah. And last year he was basically 14. The year before that he was 10. He, he kind of goes between uh, a 13 and a 10. Yeah. Or an 11. Right now he's, he's at 15. But it's not one of those wild things. 28. Yeah, it's not that, that you see sometimes. A couple of years ago, Riley Smith was on a, a, a tear mm-hmm. and he was 21 22. Yeah. Like for Patchetti's production right now and what he's doing, the shooting percentage isn't out of this world, which is the part of me that thinks, well, one, he's shooting a lot mm-hmm. and because he's got 
uh, 40 shots uh, in, a, in a seven games. So do the math on that. It's just shy of six. And the other part is it, it gives me the strong belief that this is maintainable. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it is for sure. And, you know, the last time Pacioretty was in and around 15% shooting percentage, he scored 39 goals, right? Like that was that was yeah. that that was that season. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if you look to Pacioretty right now and his shooting percentage is hovering around 27, 28, you would say, okay, it's going to come back yeah. down to earth. There's, there's going to be a regression to the mean. But the fact that he's in and around what his career essentially is, it gives you an idea of, how much he's feeling it right now. And and I think that, you know, as you said, it, it can, it, it should be sustainable because he's playing with guys he's comfortable with in Stevenson and stone. He's got a nose for the net. He's going to the places where he needs to go to score. And he's not being shy about shooting the puck on the power play, because I think, you know, for a golden Knights team that has struggled as much on the power play as they have, you need that threat to score regardless of how you get it. And Pacioretty, as you've talked about today, uh, he can score from anywhere on the ice. Yep. So use that skill to open up other things. But as long as Pacioretty's willing to let that one go on the power play, it's never a bad play. He's the most effective guy I've ever seen as being a left-handed shot on his off wing and being able to score on the power play short side shelf. Mm-hmm. Like go across that axis because the, the the defender is usually right in the middle. So he's going from left uh, over to the to the right hand corner, he's changed it up a bit this year, and he's going far side, which again gives me all kinds of questions about how Mark Stone knows which side to go to, uh, and and the flash screen, and I call it a flash screen, is where you come from one side and you go across the goalie's eyes and go to the other side instead of the uh, static screen where you just stand in front of the goalie. That's what Mark Stone's doing is this flash screen, and it's it's more disruptive to the netminder than just standing there where the goalie can peek one around one way or the other. When you just slide in front at the exact time of the shot, it it throws everything off. And there's a read by Stone and there's a read by Pacioretty, and they are on the same page. Yeah, and and I think that's kind of the interesting thing is, you know, you've, you've talked about Stone. How does he know which way to go? But how much of it is... Pacioretty reading off of what Stone is doing. Probably a buying, lot. Buying that time, right? Might be and more then, that way it, yeah. than, than what I talked and, about. And maybe maybe that's maybe that's the key here is is you've you've got another another year of Pacioretty and Stone playing together and and just a, a, an understanding of if a play kind of develops this way, this is where I'm going with the shot because I know what Mark's gonna do. It's the, interesting. The other uh value that he's added to his game is we the release is talked about every day. Mm-hmm. But I think it's quicker. I think he's getting the puck off faster uh, than he has before. And with if Dodonov's in that bumper spot, flipping it out, and he can just zip it, uh, it it's going to be a world changer from the power play perspective. Yeah, uh, We have an update on a catching up with Chapman. The first ever update that we will uh, make here on the VGK Insider Show on something that Chris Chapman said yesterday. And we want to bring that to you next in one-timers, plus a couple of news and notes from around the National Hockey League. But first, I want to invite you to give us a call at 702-876-1340. We have two tickets to give away to the Minnesota Wild against the Vegas Golden Knights. That, That actually made me jump. Yeah. I didn't expect that. 
That was uh, timed perfectly. 702-876-1340. Two tickets to the Minnesota Wild, the Vegas School of the Knights on Sunday at T-Mobile Arena. Caller number? 25. 25. Uh, give us a call right now, and we will send you to the game. That's, uh, that's what we do around here. We make sure that you're entertained, you're informed, and you actually get out and, and go to games. It's the VGK Insider Show here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo. He shoots, he scores! It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal, Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. A couple of big coaching changes made this week in the National Hockey League. Uh, full house cleaning in Vancouver and just the uh, bench boss uh, relieved in Philadelphia. Both new coaches made their debuts last night. Mike Yo, the interim coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, and it was Bruce Boudreaux who gets this year and next year uh, on a contract to come in and replace Travis Green with the Vancouver Canucks. They went very differently last night. The Philadelphia Flyers uh, had to make a goalie change and were filled in in Mike Yo's debut. It was, it got close at one point when they came back. They were down 4-1, made it 4-3, and then Went away after that. Mm-hmm. For Bruce Boudreaux, much different story as they brush aside the Los Angeles Kings. And in a lot of ways, it was the team that everybody expected to see. A team that got up and down the ice was aggressive. They were way more aggressive on the penalty kill. Uh, Bruce used a lot of different players that were never on the penalty kill or used sparingly on the penalty kill. And Bruce said, well, I think we surprised L.A. because we were so aggressive. And they also got up and down the ice faster. Mm-hmm. They were Vancouver's like 30th or lower, 32 teams, 30th or lower in rush chances for and rush chances against. So they give up the most or almost the most and uh, create the fewest. That was different last night. Well, I, I'm not necessarily surprised now, you know, it, I, Bruce Boudreaux is a really good hockey coach, and, and I think that you know you, you've got talent there in that lineup on the ice. And for Bruce, it's it's going to be finding ways to maximize it, finding ways to get the most out of it. And you know, for at least a game, I think there's hope for the Vancouver Canucks and their fans. Temple Pedersen had a penalty shot too. Yeah, eh, stick didn't work. Remember what I said yesterday about the sticks? Like he's gone to a new pattern yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it, there's just something off there. And we've seen signs of the old Pedersen in the last little bit. Mm-hmm. There's been signs, and Travis was working with them and trying to get him to, to, to not think as much and just react and don't try and hit a home run every time. Yeah. Get the puck in. But the, the, the penalty shot was kind of like, mm. <laughs> maybe it is a stick. I don't know. Someone get him a new stick. And he's a, he's a big uh, ambassador for that, for that particular brand. So uh, they'll be trying to uh, work on that. There's the supply chain right now. Yeah. We talk about in cars and computers and, and different elements, uh, lumber, uh, all kinds of things to uh, to go through life and make the economy work. The, the hockey equipment, like sticks, have been a back order. Guys may not get their allotment for this year until middle of this month or January. Yeah. And, and it's back order. So even if he wanted to go back to his old one, uh, it, w- it would still take a... Uh, Take a while. Vancouver wins. Philadelphia gets filled in. Which one is more the real team? <laughs> uh, I I'm inclined to say neither. Um, like I I gotta believe that there's there's going to be 
stronger outings more consistently than what we saw out of the Flyers. Like, I don't think they're going to be a team that just gets filled in every single night. And I, I don't think that the Vancouver Canucks are now suddenly going to skate circles around their opposition. So I, I think it's probably more in the middle of, of your question. I'm not picking one. I think they're both not for not what we saw out of them last night. Strangely, the Flyers scored more goals than the Canucks last mm-hmm. night. Yeah. But allowed seven. Yeah. Well, and the Canucks didn't allow any uh, against the LA Kings. I, I think we'll be pleasantly impressed by what Bruce does with the Vancouver Canucks. I, I'd be more worried about what's, what's going to happen if I'm inside the division of the Pacific mm-hmm. and in those games that you that you have coming up. Like, are you going to face a much better team than I would be in the Metro against Philadelphia? But we'll also see the proof of that on Friday night at T-Mobile Arena. Sure, exactly. That Philadelphia team's you go through their roster. <laughs> How are they in this spot? Yeah, they're an anomaly. Like they, they are, they are a riddle that is just impossible to to decode. Like they should be better than they are. They should have been better than they were last year, and for whatever reason, it, they're just not it. And it's not just goaltending. No, it's not. It's not like it's. I, it's like I'm not taking the you, goalies off the hook. You either. could you could look at goaltending last year, and I and I think that you know it's easy easier to kind of talk yourself into that last year but this year it's it's everything top to bottom this is just a team that could look really really good and play to what their lineup suggests they should be and then they can just go on an absolute uh, disaster of a run and then that's what they did so i i can't figure them out i can't make make sense of what the philadelphia flyers are did we have a lacrosse goal tonight uh not a lacrosse goal it's an it's a lacrosse assist Okay, so Zegras flips it. He gets the puck behind the net. Yep. Everybody leaves him there. And then he yep. flips it up under a stick like he's going to do the lacrosse goal. Yep. And Milano bats it out of midair. Oh, he flips it to over Milano the, over the, the, the net. net. Yep. And Milano has to make sure he waits until it's below the crossbar yep. and taps it. And they score on it. Trevor Zegras is fun. Wow. I wonder how many times they practice that or whether they just goofed around in practice one time and said we should do that they're just young enough and cocky enough to get it done must be a power play too it's beautiful like the, well, that's the creativity from zegris and the understanding of what is happening by milano phenomenal and poor uko pekka lukanen had zero chance to stop that i've seen that done before <laughs> but never like i've seen it flipped in front but never as a pass to be knocked out of the air yeah uh, guys have done the flip out in front and caused chaos because the goalie wouldn't know sure. where it was from, yeah. but never to that extreme. That's impressive. Did you tweet that out? I did. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, we have an update on catching up with Chapman yesterday. Chapman, you want to explain what you brought to us? Sure. So, Sergei Fedorov, who is coaching CSKA Moscow, um, they were playing their rival, Dinamo Moscow, and game went to overtime, tied at two. Russia, they have the same rules as they have in the United States. They're on three overtime. Sergei Fedorov, for the second game, apparently it was the second game in a row, and the second time it worked. He pulled the goalie in a four-on-three, or pulled his goalie in overtime to give themselves a four-on-three advantage, and they score the winning goal. By the way, on the ice for Dinamo during that play was former Golden Knight legend Vadim Shipashev. 
Okay, don't water it down too much. No, no, so, I, I, so, I, I like that. But Fedorov pulls the goaltender in overtime for a four-on-three advantage. Yes. We talked. That'd be cool. It would be cool. You gotta ask, you gotta ask Pete DeBoer that. I was all set. You were all set. But you didn't because you realized that in the National Hockey League, if you pull your goaltender for the extra attacker in overtime and you get scored on, you lose the single point. Yeah, which is no fun. No. But so unless you actually need it, if it was a tiebreaker at the end of the season mm-hmm. and it was going to come down to regulation or overtime wins, whatever the tiebreaker that is, mm-hmm. and you needed that that win, mm-hmm. then you would pull, instead of going to, if the shootout would eliminate you, and yeah. you needed that victory, you could do it there. There are moments where it makes sense, but it's few and far between and not until like the last game of the season. And apparently it has been done. I, I've tried to find who did it and when. <laughs> See, this I, is what, no, no, Chapman, stop. Stop right now because you don't need to go here. Okay. You don't need to say apparently it's been done, but I can't prove it. Just let it sit there because okay. nobody well, needs to know. Well, somebody may want to know. No, but you don't know. No, I don't know. No, that's so, what, that's so what if, I mean. If someone can find when it's been done, please let me know because I'd like to know when it was and, and who did it. And like you're, you're on fire right now. We're giving you props for bringing this to us and, and, and educating us. Don't go that extra mile. Okay. okay? Yes. All right. Uh, still more on the Jake DeBrusque situation with the Boston Bruins. Keep in mind that uh, Jake DeBrusque makes about three, a little over $3 million. Some conversation about going to uh, the Boston Bruins and the Seattle Kraken hooking up. Uh, mm. For a deal now, they Seattle could use uh, a little more offense. Although the, the playing okay, the, the goaltending's been the big problem with the Seattle Kraken. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked like it stabilized until last night. Uh, the, the forward units, Edmonton doesn't seem to be a fit for some reason with DeBrusque, even though he's uh, an Edmonton guy. Not the only reason why you should make a trade, but uh, the other guys that are starting, you're going to hear a lot more of in the next month is going to be one Nick Bonino mm-hmm. and uh, Thomas Hurdle with the San Jose Sharks and Phil Kessel. Why? You're just you're going to hear more and more. There's a report. <laughs> you know Evander Kane? Yeah. People are trying to, to put some dots together to try and find a way for Evander Kane. If San Jose eats half the salary, yeah. where could he end up and actually play? Sure. And not get buried. I could see him ending up in Arizona and being buried. Yeah. But but they get a couple of draft picks. Sure. High end draft picks. I don't know who. I, I would love to say who uh, I saw this from, but mentioned the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. Because they've done the Tony D'Angelo. Sure. And they that's worked out great. Could they find a way to make it work there? I think they could. Um, obviously, you, you're you're looking at salary retained for for. The, the Sharks, and if, if they're willing to go that direction because they just want to move the player, I, I think that that's an avenue. And I I look at the coach. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if there's anybody that's going to kind of demand a certain level of, of what needs to happen every single day with that team, it's Rod Brindamore. And, you know, it, it could be one of those situations that does work out if it, if it comes to be. And that's a team that kind of loses its scoring touch in, in the postseason. 
So adding a player that mm. puts the puck in the back of the net like Evander Kane could certainly go a long way to their hopes to, to win. And if and if it doesn't work out, you're not on the hook for the whole salary. Yeah, exactly. So that, that that's huge. Uh, and Marc-Andre Fleury going for his 500th career win tonight. I acknowledge that as, yep. uh, as he faces the New York Rangers. Yes. So uh, we wish uh, Flower all the best in that as uh, we bring you one-timers for this Tuesday, December's film on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Before we get over to Chapman, uh, breaking news, the National Hockey League has suspended Toronto Maple Leafs forward Jason Spezza. Six games for the knee to Neil Pionk's head the other day. Late, it was, Austin Matthews called the third period of that 6-3 win by the Jets over the Leafs a gong show. Yeah, and it was, it was pretty close. Mark Scheifele in the uh, post game, you know, they give the, the player of the game award in the room, mm-hmm. held up the helmet that they give away and said, nice beating the Leafs. It's always nice beating the Leafs. I've never <laughs> seen that before. Uh, Chappie, sorry. All right. Well, we just mentioned Marc-Andre Fleury going for 500 wins, which is obviously very cool, something he will undoubtedly Only achieve. Only two have done it. That's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah. But something else that's impressive, and, and actually only two will have done this as well, with back-to-back goals in games or in games and back goals in back-to-back games, Sidney yeah. Crosby up to 490 goals Ooh. in his career. So he's only 10 away from 500. And once he achieves that, he will join Alexander Ovechkin as the only player post-lockout to hit 500 goals in a career. So two former Penguins of that dynasty, both will achieve 500 this season. One in goals and one in wins. Oh, good. Nice tie-in together. And Ovi's like 750. That's ridiculous. And Sid, like the best player in the game, just sneaking up on 500. Mm -hmm. That's how good Ovi is. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, Sid at 848 assists. Mm. Pretty wild. Just off the top of your head? No, I'm looking at at his statistics. I know. 1338 career points in 1,052 games. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury uh, is playing better. Uh, they're playing better. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 8-4 and four since the coaching change yep. with the Chicago Blackhawks. Yep. We'll see if they can get into a race. They are the losing Central. tonight. But, uh, oh, no, they just tied it up. Uh, thanks for the live update. Now we return you to your regularly scheduled VGK Insider Show. Well, it is your segment, technically. Uh, but but Chicago's in that tough central division yeah, where, where everybody's been going. Yeah, I mean, it, it's deadlocked for sure. Like, you've got the, the Minnesota Wild that are at the top 35 points, and then two through five all tied with 28 points so far on the year, if my computer would scroll. Yeah, Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg, St. Louis, all tied coming into today's action with 28 points on the year. That's spots two through five in that division. So where's Chicago? Chicago is in seventh place, 20 points in 24 games, nine, 13, and two. So the whole, uh, or the deficit, or the terminology you want to use, isn't that extreme considering the craziness of Chicago's season? Off the ice, on the ice, yeah. the distraction, uh, the, the tragedy. Uh, it's been Incredible what they've gone through. Yeah. Uh, and they're still in a position right now where it's it's not like they're not the Islanders in no. the Metro. No, no, no. I mean, they, they've got an avenue to getting themselves into uh, maybe a wild card 
consideration, right? Because you look at Colorado, Dallas, they have 28 points, but they played two fewer games than, than Chicago mm-hmm. right now. So that's going to be a tougher road to climb. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't say that I, I don't see an avenue for the Chicago Blackhawks to maybe go on a little bit of a run, uh, even more so than what they have since the coaching change, and make it interesting. You know what else is happening right now with with Flower getting the 500 wins and turning his game around hmm. and getting back uh, to the to the spot that we normally see him is it's going to put a lot of focus on on his game and that's going to help out. I mean, the Olympic team is already watching him, but it's going to create that uh, uh, attention and media hype around putting him on team Canada for 2022. Pete DeBoer talked about it today mm-hmm. that they're, they've yep. been, they've been talking about him and he's, and he is playing better. So nobody else has grabbed that mantle with, no. with team Canada. Yeah. Carey Price wants to play, but he's not playing right now. Sure. Uh, Carter Hart looked like he was good at the start of the year. He's fallen off. Mm-hmm. Mike Smith uh, hasn't played, hasn't played since, yeah. since game three. Yeah. So where's team Canada with its, with his goaltending Jordan Bennington, I think it's going to be on the team. Sure. But how do you round that out? And they they may go Canada at this point. They have four or five guys sure. that could possibly make that team, mm-hmm. but no real idea of who's going to be the starter. No. And I think, I think you might see a situation where you get some starts for more than one guy. Like yeah. I don't think you go into that tournament with a clear cut number one. I can't wait Intrigue. to bet you something. I don't know what, but something. On Beijing. All right. Yeah. Let's go. Think about it now. Uh, for Chris Chapman, for Ryan Wallace, and our entire crew, thanks for listening to the VGK Insider Show. When you next hear from us, we will be at T-Mobile Arena getting set for the Dallas Stars against the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow night on Fox Sports Las Vegas.